Hello and welcome to the world famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I am the traffic anchor as well as the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. And if you want to be on the show, then you can always give me a call on the listener hotline. Or you can contact me at any of the contact links in the description of the show. That phone number is 303-832-0217. It's also, again, in the contact information of this fine, fine program. No guests today, as the holiday season is uh, always tough to get interviews uh, as people have time off sporadically here and there, uh, basically the entire month. So it's it's hit or miss if you can get anybody uh, on the phone. Uh, but anyway, coming up in just a bit, I'm going to have the answer to an interesting question about Teslas that came into the mailbag and owners not wanting to put front license plates on their cars. And it's not just an issue here in Colorado. Uh, it's an issue in many states that have a requirement that you have to put a front license plate on your car and including in California where those Teslas are made. It's kind of funny. But first, I want to tell you about this story. That Mercedes-Benz is now the first and only automaker to win a regulatory approval for a level 3 autonomous driving system. And they've already beaten out now Tesla and Waymo and others to get to this level of autonomous driving. Level 5 is fully autonomous. And this technology will allow for hands-free driving under certain conditions. But unlike Level 2, like Cadillac Super Cruise, Tesla's Autopilot, Mercedes will not require the driver to be actually looking at the road while that system is active. And that's putting it into that Level 3 category. Now, Audi had already had a similar system in their A8, but they gave up on getting the government approval in Europe and the United States. Uh, it just wasn't something that they could get approval on, so they just kind of gave up doing it, even though they do have a system that works. And Honda has launched a Level 3 technology in Japan uh, in a small batch of uh, sedans that they have, uh, but they are still waiting again on the regulatory approval to get it onto main streets. Now, before you self-driving fans out there are celebrate, uh, there are two big footnotes to this story. The drive pilot by Mercedes-Benz, they are limiting to the driving speed to just 37 miles an hour. So that means you can only use it on certain roads, so you can't go blazing down the Autobahn (laughs) uh, with the hands-free. Additionally, the feature only works in areas that have been selected by Mercedes-Benz and the German government. So it's a, basically a certain test area. They're not letting you just go nilly-willy nilly all over uh, Germany and, and really all over Europe right now. And, and so while you can't go hands-free blazing down the Autobahn at, at you know 160 miles an hour, you can, though, take your hands off the wheel to, let's say, if you were going to check your phone or, or eat a sandwich or do anything while you're in heavy traffic. That's the real difference because you're not being asked by the, uh, by the equipment, by the sensors, to actually keep looking at the road. And that's the big difference into this level three. Um, because really, uh, it, it, I mean, if you want to eat a sandwich, then you can just let go of the wheel and you start eating a sandwich and, and your car is driving for you. I mean, it's really going to feel like the car is driving for you. And it's really a big deal because the company and, and, and German government, Mercedes and the German government, 
says this is relatively safe and it's in a consistent environment. And, and really what they're doing is they're, they're trying to collect real world data uh, with all these autonomous cars that are going to be driving around by themselves. Now, if necessary, the drive pilot system, if there's a problem, it will prompt the driver saying, hey, you need to take control uh, of the car if there are certain conditions that are not being met while you're driving. So, if, but and if the if the driver it fails to actually take over control of the car, let's say they have uh, mustard all over their hands because they're eating a sandwich, the system will actually uh, bring the vehicle to a stop, uh, turn on the hazard lights, and activate the emergency call function. Um, it could also pull over if it needs to to get out of the way. So, <laughs> if you can't act, it will act for you. Uh, the car and the self-driving technology—they, you know—they use that suite of sensors. The same thing as as most of the other car companies are doing. The lidar sensors, cameras. There's actually a moisture sensor in the wheel well that helps it measure if it's uh, how much rain it's getting, so it can adjust its speed. There are also some fail-safes for the steering, for the braking, for the electrical systems, and and all that kind of technology is going to be improving in the next several, you know, two, three, five years. And that's going to lead us into more and higher levels of autonomous driving. I don't think we'll ever get to level five, being the true level five. Some people call it level six of autonomous driving, where it's. Well, um, I guess maybe we'll be there in fifty years, but uh, it's a, you know it's a good it's a good starting point um, to to get us in in that way. Because re- really, autonomous cars are. I mean, still, it's it's an imperfect technology. It's not really totally proven. And and we can't really say for sure that these cars by themselves are going to be able to navigate traffic or uh, safely or follow basic traffic laws the way they need to, so they can account for pedestrians and cyclists and and all that uh, craziness that can happen while you're driving. You as a human can recognize all of this. You're able to process all this information very fast and see everything, but you know the, the car might not be able to see all of that. And, and really, th- th- there's a big part of the autonomous technology that can't account for human-to-human interaction. And not just between cars, but let's say you're coming up to an intersection and somebody's crossing the street, you can see that person, that person can see you, and, and, and you're looking at each other, so you know that you see each other, and you and you have a relative assurance that you're doing the, the what you need to be doing, right? Or, or a bike ride, or whatever it is. I mean, you can really communicate your intentions with other human drivers, uh, as if you're a p- pedestrian or a bicyclist, uh, different than you can with a car. Um, and, and so I think that part of the technology is really going to have to be worked on. And, and there's no word on when, when Tesla or other companies m- maybe get to go into this next level of autonomous and uh, be approved, or, or even if the United States government is going to allow these systems on its roadways. But uh, I, I expect there will be other countries that will start to look at it once this testing over the next several weeks and months has been uh, completed there in Germany. And over time, we'll see more of this hands-free driving, maybe at higher speeds, maybe in different areas outside of those pre-approved areas. Uh, And um, well, well, I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, But the Mercedes Drive Pilot potential availability here in the United States is really going to depend on I, I think how our laws are going to be developed here first, because there has to be a lot worked out on, on who's responsible. We've talked about that a lot in this show. 
in the past, who's responsible for a crash? Is it the automaker? Is it the driver? Is it the companies that make the radars and the LIDARs and the cameras in the car? Is it the uh, software developers for all of that system, uh, all the systems to work together inside the car? Who, who Really, who is responsible um, and, and who can uh, the lawyers go after, basically, is what it's going to come down to. Now, earlier this year, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, they clarified some of the rules for vehicles with level three or level four, level five with those systems. And it's going to take some time before those get on, I think, our roads. And Mercedes really hasn't detailed if they have plans to seek that approval here in the United States yet. I mean, they're based in Germany. They, they can work with the German government. So we'll see how it works uh, there in Germany. And it's supposed to... Uh, Debut here in the early part of 2022. So <laughs> good luck good luck to them, I guess. All right, time to open up the mailbag. And, of course, you can write to me if you want to and get uh, your questions here in the mailbag by, by using any of the contact links in the description of this show. Uh, you can also see all our previous, or all our, and when I say our, I mean mine, uh, because it's just <laughs> a department of one, me. Uh, you can search Driving You Crazy, and then add KMGH, which is the call letters of the TV station, and you could find all the stories that I've posted, uh, all the things that are driving people crazy. Uh, but I got this question from Frank in Golden, Colorado, who writes to me saying, what's driving you crazy? What's up with Tesla drivers not having a front license plate? Are they exempt from that requirement? I have never seen a Tesla with a front plate. No, Frank. Drivers of Teslas and Audis and Cadillacs and Lamborghinis and every other car in Colorado, fancy or not, are not exempt from the state requirement of having a front license plate. It's the same with front license plate requirements in just about every state. There are some states with a exception to this rule. And I see so many Teslas and other newer vehicles of all makes and models without a front plate. And after you hear this story, you too will be noticing them as you're driving around. Now, after reading through several online Tesla blog sites and fan sites, it seems that most drivers think their car just looks better without the front plate, regardless if their state requires it or not. Another large group says they don't want to go through the hassle of installing a special bracket to fix the front license plate to the car, or they don't want to use the current stick-on bracket. There are some Teslas with the older bracket, which you actually had to uh, drill some holes into the front uh, uh, bumper to affix this uh, plate uh, holder, basically, this bracket, and put it on there. Now it's these uh, stickies. It's basically just uh, three pieces of, of sticky tape that peel off, and, and you stick it right there on the bumper. And uh, there are a few owners that claim that the front plate interferes with the Tesla's autopilot self-driving feature, but that it's really unfounded. Uh, as the brake, as the plate bracket, it's really installed. If you install it correctly, uh, it is nowhere near blocking the front radar, uh, as it's a little bit higher than what the front plate bracket where it should be, right there in the middle of the nose. So I stopped by a the Tesla dealership. It's in the Park Meadows Mall on the south side of Metro Denver, and I was talking to the salesperson there, and he uh, showed me the bracket. And he also told me that all the new cars that they deliver to the store, you know, in the in the store to to a new customer, that all the that all the cars are actually delivered with a front license plate holder in a bag that's in the trunk of the car. I guess it was in the frunk 
that front trunk of the car, and they showed it to me, and it has these three double-sided adhesive strips that, that they said it's sticky enough to hold the bracket securely on the front of the vehicle. I didn't try it myself, but uh, I was told that after somebody buys the car and before it's delivered to that customer, that they at that Tesla dealership will install that adhesive bracket on the front of the car since Colorado law requires a front license plate. However, he said that the owner is free to attempt to remove that front bracket, uh, but did warn of the possibility of damage when you remove that adhesive. Now, that person I spoke with could only speak with uh, for that showroom there at Park Meadows, not for any of the other Tesla dealerships in the state or around Metro Denver, for that matter. And, and I said, because uh, that day I, I was driving down to Park Meadows and I saw two new Teslas, both with temporary tags and both without the hardware for a front plate. So uh, I, I spoke to uh, one of the new Tesla owners. Uh, they, they were actually parked in the parking lot where my daughter goes to school. And I saw her get out of her car, so I went and approached her, and I was talking to her. And she said she bought her car from the dealer on South Broadway in Littleton, Colorado. And she told me at the delivery that that dealer did not install the front bracket. Instead, they just showed her where the bracket is, where it's stored in the front frunk, the front trunk, trunk thing. And she said she just hadn't gotten around to installing it, but did admit that she liked the look of the car more without the front plate than with the front plate. There are 30 states, plus Washington, D.C., that require a front license plate. Now, in Colorado, the front plate law, uh, as well as in many other states, it's actually designed to allow what they say is the, allows the law enforcement to identify a vehicle more easily or helps to identify the vehicle for tolling. Uh, for a toll lane or toll bridge or whatever, it helps those folks identify the vehicle so there are fewer toll violations and they and, and the toll roads or bridges, whatever, can get paid. Now, according to Autolist.com, Washington State will allow for front plate exemptions if the vehicle does not have a place specifically built for a front plate. And the law in Colorado actually states the front license plate must be A, displayed horizontally in the front of a motor vehicle in the location designated by the motor vehicle manufacturer, B, maintained free from foreign materials, and C, clearly legible. Now, referring back to Part A of that law, since there isn't an obvious place designated by Tesla in the design of, their, uh, of, of the bumper there in the front of the car to attach the front plate, are Colorado and, and Washington Tesla owners exempt? Well, I decided to pose that question to one of the bill's sponsors, one of the license plate sponsors of a law that was uh, passed several years ago here in Colorado. It was Senator Ray Scott from District 7. He never got back to me. And Senator Jeff Bridges from District 26, who actually owns a model Tesla Y, and Senator Bridges told me that there are absolutely no exemptions from the front license plate requirement for Teslas or any high-end vehicle, no matter what they say about not having a place to actually uh, put a front license plate. I, I saw a lot of high-end vehicles, and I should have stopped by the – there's a, a dealership that sells uh, Ferraris and uh, Maseratis and some of those higher-end vehicles – um, and, and a lot of those cars, they don't have a specific spot to put a front license plate because they don't want one on, they, they don't want, want one on there. 
I should have stopped in there. Anyway, uh, Senator Bridges told me, he says, quote, I can assure you it's extremely easy to attach a front plate and the car still looks just as good. Teslas and other dealers are required to include a way to attach a front plate with every car sold. There are also numerous aftermarket accessories that attach securely in some other non-destructive ways for anyone worried about paint on their bumper. Colorado State Patrol says that front license plates are critical for their public safety work, and they've been very successful in the legislature at maintaining that requirement. Bottom line, every car has to have a front plate, and Colorado makes it incredibly easy for folks to do that. Now, the only front plate exemptions for vehicles in Colorado uh, provided in the law just includes motorcycles and auto cycles, these weird motorcycle, auto bike things, and some street rod vehicles. And I've reported on drivers who believe that they can just display their front plate on the dashboard of their car if if they get pulled over. That's not legal either. And very few Tesla owners actually admit they have ever been pulled over or given a citation for actually not having a front plate. And officers I've talked to told me that they aren't really too bothered by this problem, that a missing front plate is not something they're really going to pull somebody over for. However it would give them probable cause to pull somebody over if they wanted to check for something else, a DUI or something. They could always use that as probable cause to pull somebody over. But it's actually more likely to see a vehicle owner written a citation for actually not having the front plate if they're parked on a city street that is regularly patrolled. I know in downtown Denver, the parking meter people will routinely write tickets for expired plates or missing front plates. That's where you're really going to get dinged. Uh, But several Tesla owners admitted to me, if they do park downtown, what they'll do is they'll actually have their front license plate ready to go, and they'll just temporarily stick it on the front of their car with with the easier on and off uh, tape, or they'll just park at a private lot where, where the parking officers can't go and write tickets. Uh, but they actually will hold, they actually have their license plate in the bracket uh, and, and ready to go. They'll, if they're parking, they'll just stick it on the front, go park, and, and go walk away from their car. And then they come back and they take it off just because they like the look of the car when they're not, uh, when, without that front license plate. I, I just thought it was really interesting when I was talking to those people all about this thing. By the way, the citation for driving without a front plate, at least in Colorado, it's uh, a fine of between $15 and $100. Um, so it's, and, and again, it's really not that big of a deal. I think that's one of the reasons an officer might not just t- turn a UE if they see somebody without a front plate and go pull them over. Cause the, the citation is really nothing. They, they're really looking for something bigger. And that, that's what I found with a lot of officers. They're looking for the bigger score, if you will. Um, they're almost like drug dealers in that way where they're, they're looking for the big one and not necessarily these little dinky, uh, citations or issues. Um, and so the old, that's why you see so many, whether it's in California or Washington or Oregon or here in Colorado or Nevada or wherever, and, you know, they have uh, the license plate requirement to have it in the front and the back. Um, by the way, that question, the Tesla question, when I posted it on uh, online, on our de- website, thedenverchannel.com, and especially on our uh, Denver 7 Facebook page, it went, it was the number, that was the number one story on our website all day <laughs> and at the top 10 the next day. Uh, there were com- robust comments on that, uh, on that post. Um, it was, it, it was, it was quite lively. 
I also received an email from someone to my driving you crazy inbox regarding a question about meter ramp lights. Now that same, so I, I answered her question and I helped, uh, and I sent it off to her and I helped her out with that thing. And then what she did is, uh, she wanted to update me on her situation. So she contacted uh, me again to give me that update, but she also wanted to add it on this extra story that she wanted to share with me. And this is what she writes. She says, friends, my car was stolen in front of my building. And this is a, a lady oh, up. She's a senior um, lady up in her, uh, I think, late 60s, early 70s, living in a retirement community. She says, and again, this is what she writes. Friends, my car was stolen in front of my building. They tried two weeks ago, but weren't successful. That cost $400 to repair wires. But last Thursday, they did steal it. Funny thing is, my 1990 Wagoneer that I named Will doesn't like to drive on highways. He's old. These punks spent an hour bashing out my windows, jamming the steering wheel, and then, when they got it on the highway, Will the Wagoneer overheated. That night, the cops stopped them on I-25 in Castor Rock. That's uh, on the south side of Metro Denver. The thieves had taken off the license plates, so when the cop asked them about the car, Tyler said he was my grandson and had sold him the car for $300. <laughs> That's just creepy. He obviously got my name from the registration in the glove compartment. They arrested the driver, and the others ran away. My car went into the police holding lot in Douglas County. They said the car was in good shape, and the bicycle was still in the back. <laughs> she says, it wasn't my bike. So these guys, these thieves, must have stolen a bike and put it in the back of this Wagoneer and uh, left it when they all ran away, and, and the driver got arrested. Uh, she continues, when we got to the police impound, there was Will the Wagoneer, and he looked in good shape. When he, when we went to get the car, the back seat was filled with empty containers of antifreeze. They had also punched a hole in the front grill and tried to epoxy the radiator hose. I could just imagine their panic as the car kept overheating. Police told me there was an enormous amount of illicit drugs in the car. I, of course, wanted to know what kind of illicit drugs they didn't say. Max tried to start Will the Wagoneer. That must be her, uh, her husband, companion. Uh, so Max tried to start the Will the Wagoneer with the screwdriver as the thieves had broken the steering wheel. Leaving impound, it started smoking and overheating. It was going to cost me a fortune to fix it this time, so I made the painful decision to sell the car to one of the tow truck guys who promised not to cannibalize Will. He loved the car. He paid me $207, the impound fee, I cried and cried. I loved that car, but I couldn't go through another round of repairs. It was time. The best part about it, I've always known Will had supernatural powers. In the past 27 years, he's never let me str left me stranded. He always got me back to my street, my house, for all 27 years, even if he was limping along. So now he showed those punks, including the driver, who's now in jail, steal me and I'll overheat. And give you incredible grief. <laughs> and that's what he did. His final goodbye to me, boy Will. Uh, well written. <laughs> that was from Lisa Gif Guilford uh, in Denver. Again, a senior citizen who lives in a, uh, a senior retirement community on the east side of Metro Denver. Because Lisa originally wrote me saying that she lives... Um, in this retirement community and that she had a handicap sticker was parked in a handicapped space. And because of her stolen car story, she had to go get a new car. And when she did, she had one of those temporary license plates on it. And Lisa says the temporary plate was expired for a week 
and she couldn't get an updated registration because the motor vehicle department was backlogged due to COVID and that she's going to register it as soon as she can. Uh, Because usually you get a postcard in the mail from the motor vehicle department and then you can uh, take that and that's how you get your, because then you know all the paperwork's done especially after you get a new car and then you can take that to the DMV and you get your license plates, especially in a a situation where you get a new one. Or if you had the old license plates, you get the new tags, all that kind of stuff. Well, she says this vindictive cop from Denver, who she says is there a lot, gave her a ticket for uh, expired temporary plates, even though she had that note in the window saying that the DMV was backlogged. Um, and, And what she was asking me originally, if I could help advise her in this situation And when I told her, I said, Lisa, sorry for all the trouble this one officer is causing you. And it's funny that you mentioned this officer looking for expired plates because I see uh, tons of extremely expired plates every day on the roads. And it doesn't really seem like anybody's getting pulled over for it. But each officer decides what they want to enforce. And it seems like that guy is just writing uh, parking tickets and, and other tickets is his way to, to generate revenue for the city. Now, these temporary plates are usually good for 45 days. In normal times, and it's really enough time in in most cases to get your uh, permanent license plates. Now, I said, as for the ticket, I would encourage you to go to traffic court and explain to the judge what happened. Police are not the judge. So what they do, in this case, writing a ticket, isn't the final say, and it never is. I, 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 I warn people all the time, just do what the police officer says. Get in the car. If they tell you to get in the car, just do it, and then you work it out with a judge later. The officer is just trying to enforce a law that they think they know what they're doing. They don't always, in every case, know what they're doing, but that's why the legal system is that, uh, that they are trying to enforce the law, but it's not exactly what's, what is the law. They can't, they're not a judge, and that's what you need to do. Go to court. Go to the, It's a hassle, yes, but it's better than than what the alternate outcome is that you've seen so many times uh, play it on TV uh, and on videos. Okay, so I say that uh, police are not the judge, so do what they do uh, and and make sure that you have pictures of your sign on your car explaining the problem. The DMV is backlogged and have all your other documents that you can hopefully then convince the judge that you were trying to do the right thing. You're a senior citizen. You're not out there... Uh, parking in a, in a spot or, or have this expired plate malicious, maliciously, um, but that the DMV is delayed, and that's why you still have your temporary plate. Meanwhile, try to get an extension from the DMV, and that would prevent the officer from writing another ticket while you're waiting for them to get their stuff together. I, and then I said, uh, sorry again for all the hassles this is costing you. All the best, Jason. Well, she wrote back to me saying, by the way, thank you for your advice. The magistrate excused the $75 ticket. Justice served. See? Right there. It, it was a win-win. It, I, I like it when thieves get what the, what's coming to them, and that's what happened in the story. And I like it when senior citizens are helped out uh, in, a, uh, in a situation where the judge says, yep, the officer maybe was overstepping their bounds a little bit, and we're going to just dismiss that ticket be on your way. Enjoy your life. Um, the, the, <laughs> so that, it worked out uh, a double positive there. Uh, but there have been lots and lots of stolen cars around me since uh, I live about halfway between Denver and Colorado Springs. And Interstate 25 is a major drug corridor. A lot of stolen vehicles around here. A lot of break-ins looking for anything they uh, can sell because drugs are a big issue here in Colorado, obviously. 
Uh, and so it's good to see that, you know, justice was served by a overworked, overworked wagon here. Anyway, thanks for being here, and uh, thanks for all the support on the uh, on the program this year, the last five years that we've been doing this thing. And when I say we, again, I mean me. Uh, I want to just say a happy Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy New Year, and please, of course, drive and fly safely. And, and thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.